0: Hello, and welcome back to OP is OP, the podcast where you go through the One Piece manga front to back. I, as always, am the super rookie Jacob from the Kingdom of the Dead, Joined by my co-host, the super veteran King Taco, also known as Justin.
1: Yo, what's up, everyone? Welcome. Today, we are discussing the big but short Reverie, covering chapters 903 to 908. It's a little six-chapter stretch that you definitely want to read before listening to this, because we're going to be spoiling absolutely everything. About it,
0: uh, not that much happened. So, the li- little tiny details, ti- mm, yeah. tiny, tiny foreshadowing, world building characters. That is uh,
1: the biggest of caps, <laughs> the
0: biggest of caps was definitely, <laughs> um, especially because uh, I had a, I had a you know, I had the usual reaction because you told me back at post uh, Marineford or post Eni's Lobby, right? This has to be a, its own separate arc. And I'm thinking, oh, how bad could it be? It's only ten chapters or whatever, and this one's only six. So what's the bad? I literally opened the ta- opened the app, the, f- the name of the first chapter, The Fifth Emperor. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> okay. <Yeah>. Right away.
1: <laughs> right away. We're just getting in there, huh? Okay. <laughs> yeah, it really does. It pops off into some really pretty big shit right away.
0: Uh-huh. Absolutely. So the world reacts basically to the Straw Hats, Manly Luffy, uh, attacking Whole Cake Island. And the way that the media spins it, they spun it as if he won the fight, right? When the engagement, because they thought, oh, they're just pirates fighting. And because he escaped alive, then he won the fight and embarrassed Big Mom. Therefore, he is basically the fifth emperor of the seas. And this is probably Morgan, right? Because he was there. He was entranced by it all. And of course, Big Mom- It's pretty
1: clear that Morgan is a fan of Luffy. So he's hyping him up intentionally.
0: Oh, absolutely. He's the one that thinks that- after that engagement, he definitely thought one of the new generation was going to be the new Pirate King. So Seems it's like clear. he's throwing his hat in
1: Luffy's ring, right? <laughs> exactly.
0: Exactly. He's, just, he's putting he, all he's his money He's really on. <laughs> riding the wave. You know, he's there for him. Absolutely. And then, like, a lot of characters, including Big Mom, are reading the papers. And she's just going, like, back from Hulk King Island, going, what the Fuck! And then just getting <laughs> super, just super mad, doing her best like uh, Doctor Clom personation. Like I'll get you next time. <laughs> and it was so, it was a, such a great little moment. Um, not as funny as uh, everyone just reacting to like little bits and pieces, like back on the uh, the Thousand Sunny, where for example Sanji was given like one of those like uh, power armor bracelets that the uh, that Germastic Six that his right. family had. And he was suit. like, yeah, and he was like, I refuse to use this no matter what. And then I'm like, you know what, Sanji's right. This was way too much trauma behind it. I wouldn't use it either. And then Luffy said, but it can make you shoot laser beams. And I'm like, you know, Luffy has a really good point. I mean, if if you it's could at least be worth
1: investigating.
0: If, yeah. If you don't want to use it, at least give it to someone else. Right. At least let them use it. D- we need to see. We need to research it. Although knowing that bracelet, it probably only works for a VIN Smoke, Right. That's and speak
1: kind of how I feel.
0: Yeah, so I'll only work for Sanji. So it'll be like only if he's like in a corner and he's willing to swallow his pride to use it. Uh Speaking of that name though, the wanted posters got updated, and Sanji got a double-edged sword. Where on one hand, he's wanted for more berries than even Zoro, and he's going fuck yeah. But the poster now says "Vinsmoke Sanji." But <laughs> well, my boy is number two in the crew. He's number two, yeah. But he's like looking at the name, going, "It's not fucking worth it. It's not worth it." And I, I, I feel that. Um, it all. We also got confirmation that Zeus is in fact in the Climatech, attack. So I guess he'll be an assist character from this point on. I don't mind that at all. Um, well, it,
1: it reminds me maybe. of that question.
0: It reminds me of that question you did say too, where, um, how long can Zeus last? being far away from Big Mom. And also, as what you're implying, I'm guessing, is... I
1: think it's up in the air with Big Mom now. In this arc, we find out that she is coming to Wano as well.
0: Oh, absolutely. So... It's, yeah, in the middle of this arc, it's guaranteed that she makes a little call to Kaido. Um, and then she's like, we should form this you know—this deadly alliance. Sorry with my Mortal Kombat references here. And the entire world overhears it because they just talk on open comms and it freaks everyone out a little later. Um, so that's going to be a fucking mess when we get to Wano. Just, oh, by the way, but what I wanted to, Big Mom being a reoccurring villain, she's going to come back in Wano, literally the next arc. How soon? I don't know. But likely it'll be in that next arc right away. And hopefully maybe some extra Sanji development I'm hoping for. Maybe, who knows? I'm hoping. But the big thing for this chapter was... Not only was Luffy declared to be the fifth emperor by the media, he is now wanted for one point five billion berries. He crossed a billion barrier, ladies and gentlemen. Let's Luffy did go. it. Go. Luffy fucking did it. And then shakes is like, it oh, looks like we'll be meeting pretty soon. Luffy, would you he get the paper? I got I got kind of hyped, but it was presented like a little comedic at first. He's like, "Oh, I went down to $150 hundred and fifty million, but I'm just like, "There's got to be a mistake there, definitely." And it turns yeah, out it's Luffy's as simple as
1: he, yeah, it, big numbers. Yep, he just he
0: just miscounted the zeros. Um, oh, we also see that Kobe is a captain now, and we get a little glimpse of like kind of like the reoccurring like funny little motif of this arc, which was Luffy has a fan club at the Reverie. So, right away, we see Kobe looking at the paper going, oh, he's so cool. And then we see Rebecca and Leo going like, hey, do you know Leo? Uh, do you know Luffy? I, I don't know what you're talking about. It's okay. You can trust us. I don't know what you're talking about. I, I, I don't know. <laughs> it, it's, it starts it over and over again. Um, oh, and it reminds me, too. We have not seen Blackbeard yet in the New World. Like, in the New World section. We've only seen, like, glipses of, like, of like oh, we're talking about Blackbeard. Therefore, here's a picture of him. Or we've right. heard him talk. But we haven't actually seen him yet, and this is the first time we actually see a silhouette when he's just also reacting to the news of Luffy being the quote-unquote fifth emperor. And I'm just like, what? What are you hiding, Oda? What are you hiding? Why are you making Blackbeard like this mysterious character? We know what he looks like, unless he looks a little different now, maybe because maybe some corruption side effects from having multiple powers at once. I still think there's a side effect to having multiple.
1: Yeah, fruits. I don't. I don't know. I don't. Who know. knows? Who, don't, who knows?
0: Who knows? Who knows? Alright, so that's enough of that first chapter That was like a lot of little fun stuff there Second chapter, I think we can get through much quicker But we get introduced to the Revolutionary Army captains Basically the future Allies or villains That we're going to see here with the Revolutionary Army Um And we get to see Uh, the captains like try and help This village that's being raided by I think Peachbeard, someone who like belongs To Blackbeard yeah. And ugh, dude, who who How did you piss off Blackbeard that you got the name Peachbeard, who who did you cross? I
1: think he chose it himself. I
0: mean, if he did, then it's like, dude, Peach, really? That's not intimidating. I'm sorry, <laughs> it's not intimidating. Either it's way, really not. either way, he looked intimidating, but not the name. I saw, the, I read the name, and I'm but just that's like, okay,
1: I, this section's not about him. This it's is not about, about him. Betty.
0: It's about <laughs> is it? Is it though? Yeah, it basically is. Uh, we got is Morley. little bit. Yeah, so we got uh, Captain Morley or Officer Morley. I think he can manipulate the earth, right? Kind of like a,
1: yeah, yeah, so, like he did a little room for them later underneath the river. You remember? Mm,
0: yeah, it was a little unclear at first. Like I thought it just looked like earth bending, but like watery effects. But then, yeah, later on, it shows him like he's making a room underneath. So I think he just has like the, the, the ground ground fruit or whatever. Um, you got Betty, who is simultaneously one of the more interesting and one of my more like question mark officers because she has the the power that makes the most sense she can rally people right inspire people to you know fight for their own um but i hate her look dude (laughs) i don't get her look she looks uh she looks like okay so she has like a jester hat i think and she's no, got like this, she, she, the skirt yeah. with skirt with frills she's got like the open top with like a tie that makes it look business professional but also sexual <laughs> but i'm less like but what's the okay. point of this because it doesn't match her personality either cuz like her personality is like very like like run of the gun like oh i'm all about the revolution army i hate pirates they're trash but it's like but you're also dressing kind of wacky and overly sexual it's it's a little all over the place motif wise you know that's that's my issue with her with her looks, but again, her power is the most interesting because it fits the most. Um, then you Vegas. got, yeah. So so fa- so people who love Betty, sorry. <laughs> First impressions are I, important.
1: Personally, am quite a fan of Betty. <laughs>
0: okay, are you a fan of Regardless, Betty?
1: With nothing to do with any kind of. A fanatical congruence in her oh. appearance. Yeah, I, and,
0: uh, I was just gonna ask, are you a fan of Betty or are you a fan of her bouncing Betty's? Okay, you're gonna have to yeah. be honest with me here. Oh, yeah, <laughs> no, but, you know, yeah. Uh, again, we'll see as we see, uh, we'll see more with these characters because they we just get sneak peeks of them. Um, we also got to see Lindbergh, who's like a mouse with like inventions. So I don't know if he has like a like a mouse mouse fruit and he's like a really. Like a tactical genius, or sorry, inventional genius, like Usopp, and can make make gadgets because he's he's got a, like the steampunk look going on for him. Um, they kind of all do. It's... Especially Lindbergh, though. lindbergh has got the goggles, the top hat. And he's got the inventions. Yeah. Like he's rocking it all. Um, then you got Karasu. My personal favorite aesthetic wise, just because he looks like a plague doctor and with crow powers, simple as that. <laughs> um, so that's... Cool that was that. Simple as that. You put on a Plague Doctor mask that looks like a bird beak, and I'm like, alright, you want, give you want me. Give it power
1: with, uh, vaguely associated with death.
0: Good mm-hmm. to go. Exactly. Metal as fuck. <laughs> um, and they do seem genuinely friendly, though. Like, they seem genuinely honest to their goal. Like, when they actually apprehend Peachbeard, they give the bounty ticket to the people of the village, and they go, if you guys need help, let us know. So it's like, okay, they seem like genuinely good people. They're not like the new evil that's just trying to replace the world government kind of thing. Yeah. At least not right now. They seem genuine. So we'll see what we got going forward. Um and we also and another like another reinforcement was when a couple of people were asking Koala, like, what about this reverie going on? Like there's a chance that they might uh the Fishman people might get caught. Are you worried about them? She goes, Well we're we're going after the dragons. We're not going after them. They're like people just caught in the crossfire like we are. So we take that, we replace the world government, we replace the actual dragons, they are still around, we just have a new people, we just have new people in charge. So I'm like, again, going like, okay, RA do, doesn't seem like an enemy as of right now, I hope not. I hope at best they're like the enemy of my enemy kind of thing. Like people like Betty, for example, are going to be like, oh, I hate the Straw Hats, they're pirates. But, who knows, going forward. Yeah. Um, Alright, enough, enough of the boring side stuff, let's get to the reverie, right? Let's get Or, sorry, the pre-reverie. This arc is a lie, by the way. I was told this arc is called the yeah. Reverie.
1: <laughs> yeah, it to- actually end up with the Reverie starts interesting, Yeah,
0: exactly. And I was actually legit very interested in what they would talk about. Like, I was interested in what, um, what's his name? Shoot. Cobra, what he was going to talk about, because he was, you know, a, obviously a big highlight near the end of this arc. Um, What the Fishman people, how they would present their case, what everyone else wanted to talk about. I was very curious about the politi- the politics of One Piece. And then Oda was like, ah, that's not the focus here. That's not the focus here. And Come I'm just on, like,
1: who cares about that board?
0: <sighs> I do. Me and a dozen others. <laughs> there are
1: dozens of us. I also um, would have been pretty interested, honestly. Yeah, maybe like
0: a little short, right? Not too long. Um, first off, we see a new Marineford, right? It's on the New World side, not the uh, the Paradise side. It looks even bigger and battered than before. It looks like it's sponsored by a certain food company because of that that huge arch is the the, old, the, the, the
1: marine M yeah yeah,
0: yeah, it's just a it's a marine M guys. Nothing else. don't get it in your head
1: it's it's for marine and yeah, they call them, them the else. Bolden arches.:
0: <laughs> Yes, the Ba ba arches of Marine <laughs> Ford. and that's it. That's it. don't question it. um we get like a, a fun little tidbit with uh uh Fujitora. Like trying to like do like some like wordplay against the uh, the current admiral, where he's like, "I told that motherfucker not to show up his face here. Why did he show up here?" And I think his excuse was, "Well, it's holy ground. It's not a military base. I'm at I'm at the holy site in Mary Joa. I'm not the military base Marine Force or some shit like that." Um. So it's so was like okay. So Fuji a bit like a a bit like a motherfucker like
1: that. <laughs> of course. Um.
0: But it fits him too because he's definitely one of the uh marine marine characters that are always like questioning the authority, right? We got we got a lot of that in Dressrosa. Um also apparently talking to a guy named like Ryo Kyugu. Ryo what?
1: Kugu, yeah. Admiral Ryo. Um <laughs> you can, you can call him Green Bull. Oh uh, Green Bull? Admiral. Green Bull, yeah. Green Bull, okay. Um
0: what I was interested about th- this guy is that they didn't show his face whatsoever. Um, they almost implied that he might have been a giant because Fujitora uh, made a comment about like him being on his fast, which the only other time we've heard that was the giants back at the uh, flashback in Whole Cake Island. There's and been
1: a lot of implications that people have inferred from that one line that he said.
0: <laughs> hmm and then he just goes. I've been on my fast for three years now, and I'm just like, okay, wait. <laughs> so I, I don't know what this guy is, but he's basically the admiral at the base. Like he's a Navy HQ admiral, so I don't think he's gonna be going anywhere without permission. But of course, we're gonna see him in the future because he wouldn't just introduce us like that and yeah, keep him in the shadows. He's just a normal
1: admiral, I assume.
0: Possibly, but if that was the case, you would keep, you wouldn't keep him in the shadows. So that's why I'm just like, okay, so he's gonna be another possibly uh, villain in the future. But
1: most definitely.
0: But at the same time, he's talking to Fujitora, which is like one of the admirals or one of the marines, like I said, closest to like maybe defecting to the RA or at least challenging them, the Navy from within. So, because you know he wants to bring down the warlord system. Also, apparently, because of an invention that um that's been made. Shoot, I'm brain farting. What's the science? Did they mention Vegapunk? Vegapunk, Punk, yeah, he mentioned that there's something that vegapunk has been working on that could help uh, destroy the warlord system, and I'm just like, cause we didn't know that until oh, right, right, now because right. So we, we knew the warlord
1: system, yeah, yeah,
0: because we knew before Fujitora wanted to replace the warlord system, but it was now that Fuji brings up the fact that hey, there's something new that uh, Vega Punk's been working on, and an inside joke from you and me is that oh, he invented airplanes finally. <laughs> yeah it, it
1: has to be right because then the admirals can respond to, to everything essentially right that it kind of yeah. eliminates the need for warlords yep they don't yeah. they don't need coverage when they have speed and response
0: they'll still need aircraft carriers but yeah once you have it's, the it's air... an
1: airship dude i'm telling you i'm standing mm-hmm. by it and when airships airships will be introduced at some point in the series and it's going to be a huge fucking deal
0: it's going to be an air-based aircraft carrier where it's like a giant blimp, but it has like a, a landing strip at the very top of the blimp. So that way it's never in the water kind of thing. And it's like, I don't know what science is behind that, but if anyone's going to figure it out, it's going to be Vegapunk. <laughs> then again, we don't know who Vegapunk is. I still don't know who that guy is. We don't know who he looks no. like, we're still. No.
1: We don't know what looks he looks like, we don't know who he is, he, we don't know, he's we don't the know science what he does, really, except for he makes stuff. Yeah, he's the scientist
0: in the shadows that apparently is not evil enough to do what Caesar Clown did in, um... And punk hat. Right.
1: He does seem to have some kind of morality.
0: But he's still making weapons for the world government. And non-stop. he also
1: allowed Kuma to protect the Straw Hat ship, like in his programming, right? Yeah, so, so he's there's, a... there's some stuff. There's some weird implications and we still don't know what's going on there.
0: Yeah, he's still doing more evil than
1: good, but yeah, like you said, there are implications. He could be a prisoner, even. We have no idea. You know, he could be being forced and be like, oh, he doesn't want to die, so he'll make stuff. But I, would, I wouldn't put it past the
0: world government if he's a prisoner. Especially with how the Celestial Dragons do their shit. As I mean, we, we literally just saw arc.
1: them yeah, using people for like, an escalator, like the floor escalators that like they have at airports, except mm. man-powered.
0: Yeah, forcefully man-powered by slaves going, just fucking kill me already or let me die, please. And I'm just like, hang on, guys. The Big thing about that, we learned. Oh, we forgot to mention the biggest thing about the RA last chapter uh,
1: that they're here, <laughs> yeah,
0: they're here and they're about to openly declare war on the world government finally. Like, openly declare and war now. That is spicy, that's a spicy beat to board. And for some reason, we got to mention that we were too focusing, we were too focused on the bouncing Betty's. Uh, sorry, the officers. Sorry, we we're focused on the officers, hard to ignore, that we f-
1: yeah.
0: hard to ignore. Yes, again. I don't like her design that much, but I can't deny the fact.
1: Exactly Honestly, I don't either, but you know, the it is, it is, is what it, it is, is what I'll say.
0: God, we are so pathetic.
1: <laughs> Anyways. Yeah, so the revolutionaries are here. That's incredibly Re- interesting, and yeah. also, in the same chapter, I think, right, we discover that Bonnie is fucking here.
0: Jewelry uh, Bonnie. That, that's a little later, but yeah, Bonnie is alive, and,
1: I, and it's actually
0: unclear what her alliance is. It's Either she's with the Revolutionary Army, which I don't think she is, I don't or so. she's like a separate third faction, but she's still connected to Kuma in some way. Because yes. I know we're dropping a, a little head right now, but we'll pull back in a second. There's uh, so do, much
1: interesting stuff in the It's insane.
0: Yes, we see Kuma's original body, and what I thought was going to happen was after he did the mission to protect the Thousand Sunny... He was just gonna be like every other clone and and just attack whatever. It'd be like, you know, dogs to the world government. Like, what? Cyborgs? Terminators? This one is served as a mount for Celestial Dragons to be rented and shared. And they just smack him, stab him, torture him. Because he's a robot, he can't react, but because he's still slightly human, he still bleeds. And it is so fucked up. It's brutal. It is incredibly brutal, and Bonnie reacts like almost like she has sympathy for Kuma, like she knows him. So yeah, seems like he or she's there for him, almost. And she's and she's basically sneaking into sacred ground. She got into past the first gate into Celestial Dragon territory, so she's trying to stir some shit. My personal theory is we remember how she was captured by Akainu at the end before the time jump. My yeah. theory is that somehow Kuma was responsible for freeing her, helping her escape, and therefore she's trying to do something to pay back a debt or something.
1: Maybe. I've heard a lot, of, there's a lot of speculation there, and there's uh, so many possibilities mm. with Bonnie's like, age manipulation powers once again coming into play. I, I feel like we mentioned yeah, the- like a week or so ago, two weeks ago maybe.
0: Yeah, and this time I finally got that confirmation, like, oh, okay, because before yeah. I was very unclear about it, and this one was like, oh, there you go, it's literally that.
1: <laughs> it's, uh, it's she, l- she could be his mom. She could possibly. be a, a daughter? Sister?
0: Right, right, right. You we don't that, know. Yeah, this could be a Tsunade situation from Naruto, where she's yeah. actually, like, in her 60s or 70s. She could be hundreds then, of years old. Or older, yeah. and then We don't know. She mm-hmm. can make herself
1: infinitely younger.
0: Yeah, and there's also that tidbit where Kuma was in fact not just a ally to the revolutionary army but he was a big time deal because it's almost implied too that the officers and uh Dragon want to declare war because they're also trying to get back Kuma or at least get revenge for Kuma because they know they can't rescue him because he's long gone. But the kingdom that he represented was like an, an ally to the RA and they're like, "All right, but we got to make sure, you know, this doesn't go unanswered. We have to fight back." while they're like, you know, plotting underneath so that was a little a little ahead, like two chapters ahead. Again, six chapters, super short. Um, and yeah, it doesn't feel like it. Going back to uh, the heavily sponsored Marine Ford that's sponsored by the Marines, someone no else. We get to see a really creative. Uh, they don't have the gondolas; they have bondolas, which are bubble powered, and they go up and down instead of like you know uphill to downhill or vice versa. Looks and,
1: terrifying, honestly. It
0: does look terrifying, but I'm also like, oh, right, because it's Chibodi is on the other side of the wall. So I guess it has a wider sphere of, like, laws of physics influence than we once thought. It has a height uh, limit for sure, which is probably where the Bondolas end. But the width is probably much wider than we think, and that's why the bubbles still work. Um, w- while we're here, <laughs> we get one of my favorite pages, which is just, let's look at some world leaders around the world. Um, there's, like, two that are, like, whatever, and two that are amazing, which is, like, the ones that are whatever are King Hamburger from Ballywood and Queen Moralin from, a uh, Tajian Kingdom. These two are, like, very, you know, very caricature, but, you know, they're not very funny or cute in any way. Like, King Hamburger, he just looks like Uncle Sam mixed with Abraham Lincoln. He's, he's, you know, hamburger, and I'm just like, yeah, okay, you, you, That's fair. <laughs> that's fair. Um, then you got Queen Moralin, who I thought was French at first because of the wine glass, but the dress she was wearing didn't seem very uh local in France, maybe like exotic. And they looked up some key terms, and Tajin is like a Morocco dish. So that tells me okay, Morocco, Marolin, Morocco, okay, makes sense. But the two that I like the most <laughs> King Beer the Sixth and his uh wife and daughters, which look like Yorshka dolls. And they're so adorable, <laughs> um, and they're from the Roshwan kingdom. That's it's basically Russia. Um, but the best one that we both took our titles from, King Taco, from the Kingdom of the Dead. And I'm just like, no side character with one line should be this cool.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, he definitely had the best kingdom name. The Kingdom of the Dead is awesome, King Taco great name
0: (laughs) yeah it's like look at these characters okay you got uh ballywood which is hollywood or you got the kingdom of the dead which do you like better i'm gonna go with the kingdom of the dead that sounds pretty metal um not to mention king taco instead of looking like a like a a propaganda figure like you know hamburger looks like uncle sam and abraham lincoln king taco just looks like danny trejo the actor machete um
1: actually (laughs)
0: And I'm just like, he's got the coolest sombrero that looks like it's almost fortified with a cactus on the very top of it. And I'm just like, and he's wearing a poncho underneath. And I'm like, okay, I know we're doing caricatures here, but I can't help but think this looks really fucking cool. <laughs> and I'm just like, if I go to, if I ever go to a One Piece con or an anime con and, and if I don't see a single King Taco, I'm going to be really disappointed. <laughs> just aesthetics alone, that guy really stood out to me. Um... Also near the very end, we see a couple more figures. I think you can see like Montezuma in the background, like in the in the reverie circle. Uh, uh. You also see, you also see like a UK man with a bowler hat with a variation of the UK uh, Union Jacks uh, flag. It's like missing on the the two corners a bit. And then you also had Hitler. He was also there too, and that kind of confused me. I'm just like, why is Hitler here on a peaceful reverie? <laughs> when he not want to be here? <laughs> uh, whatever. You gotta you got, you got love it, though. Anyway, those are the side characters. I wanted to bring them up because I wanted an excuse to talk about uh, King Beer and his family as well as King Taco. Um, also, apparently King Hamburger is the host of the Reverie. I don't know what that means. Maybe because it's just, oh, because the Americans in real life are like the cultural leading influence, unfortunately, for the world. So therefore, <laughs> and for the Reverie, we're going to have King Hamburger do that, too. Also, unfortunately, because he looks kind of slow. <laughs> um, literally slow. Sorry, not mentally. So, but the big highlight of the characters being introduced is we got Shirahoshi and the Fishman Island. They are showing up for the first time in, I think, 200 years. King Neptune and all the brothers are there too. But obviously, all eyes are on Shirahoshi because she's the big, huge, you know, pretty princess. Everyone's got their eyes on her. There's even a little scene that's pretty funny later on where. There's a lot of nobles that are in the area, going like, "Oh, are you unmarried? Quick, marry my son. He's great." And they're ugly as fuck. (laughs) They're just like, "Please marry my son. We can, we can, uh, like, you know, we can bond." Any different at this point? No, but they weren't celestial dragons, so I thought maybe they wouldn't be as ugly as fuck. But you know, it's too too much to hope for. But of course, in Shirahoshi fashion, she just goes, "You're not my type." And then everyone's and all her brothers are like, "You have to play." Politics and she's like, I can't lie, and they're like, don't lie, just brush them off. <laughs> like, be cool, I'm just, damn. Just, just be cool. And I'm just like, well, this is what happens when you lock your daughter in a room for 16 years and don't properly educate her. That's kind of what happens, you know? <laughs> yeah, what happens? She kind of acts a little weird. Um, those are also really a really cute moment where she sees she's by the way they're being escorted by Garp, um and she's like constantly asking Garp questions because you know she's a. Uh, luffy's uncle and, <laughs> and she's going garp or like sir luffy's like relative or something is that what you call your world famous forest on the surface we, we call that a tree <laughs> we call that a tree a single tree and the <laughs> fact that he's so nonchalant about it is actually like quite telling because this guy is really rude to other nobles but when it comes to like like innocent people like at like your hoshi asking like questions about trees or whatever he's not rude he just goes yeah these that's a tree
1: yeah, Garp cares about personality more than anything, I think.
0: Absolutely. That's actually a great segue, because as soon as we get that question, we get introduced to the most punchable face that hasn't been punched yet.
1: Please, oh, Luffy. my lord.
0: Please. I did not expect to see this runt so early. Well, early in my case, anyway. So soon again. And that's Stelli. The fucking adopted stepbrother, stepchild with uh of Sabo back at the flashback when they were still children, back at post-marine Ford, and due to some quote unquote inconvenient deaths of the king and son after Stelle married the daughter, he became the ruling king uh the ruling uh leader, the ruling dynasty of the Goa kingdom. And I'm just like I've played Crusaders and Kings, motherfucker. Those untimely deaths were not accidents, <laughs> and they both died by slightly a miracle.
1: Suspicious, we'll say. S- well,
0: yeah, we'll say slightly suspicious for now. In quotes. Um, but yeah, Staley was being a complete asshole to Garb, going like, "You're my, you're my uh, subject. You will bow to me and respect me." And then Garp goes, "Who's this little shit? Get out of my way! I'm doing my job here." <laughs> And then it catches Steli off guard, and Garf's like, oh, right, I can't do that to Nobles. My bad, forget what I said that. Like, he is just so done. He, like, he's definitely the embodiment of, like, the retired old man who's like, I've seen it all. I've I've dealt with shit worse than you, Steli. Like, literal shit. Get out of my way. Like, I don't have time to deal with you. So, that was a fun little exchange. But I'm also just like, "Oh, Steli is here. And he's even worse than before, because he's, he's now confirmed to be, like, craven. And a complete cowardly, you know, like Joffrey from Game of Thrones. But he's also a complete racist against fishmen. Like we know that's a common thing in the One Piece universe of humans disliking fishmen. But Stelly in particular is like, oh my god, the scales, the teeth, the stupid fish. Oh my god, disgusting. And I'm just like, Stelly, you need to fucking chill, dude. Okay? You need yeah, he chill.
1: really he really needs a strong punch. Oh uh,
0: just good old gun gun bazooka just right right in the right cheek maybe the left cheek maybe both how about both at, at the same time why not why not just please sooner than later please because i fucking hate this motherfucking asshole um in the midst of that though we get this wonderful perspective because oda was very creative about this where the pre reverie is the perspective is by the fishmen people so that way it's, it's new to them as it is to us because you know they haven't been there 200 years right. and we get that wonderful scene where they're rising on the bondola and Shirahoshi has her mother moment where her Odoohime moment where she sees the ocean, she sees the sky, she sees the sun, and she's like, I want everyone to live on the surface. I now you know, she gets her she gets her epiphany. She sees what her mother saw. And it's a very touching moment. And I'm just like, Okay, okay. I had a little issues with, you know, the characters, you know, in our Fishman on an episode, but it was still a really touching moment to see this. Um I agree. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had a little question, because it's also an excuse to bring back that page that you shared with me, like, three weeks ago in uh, the recording, which was, you know, uh, Steli, he saw, like, a giant peering out of the wall with a trident. This could have just been him being scared. But at the same time, I'm going, we've seen this before, though. Like, we've seen Zunisha, We've seen a giant in the distance, right? A giant elephant. But you also remind me that there was an untold an untold mystery back from thriller bark that we completely missed or i completely missed anyway of giant shadowy figures that were taller than the tallest ship in the world and they had eyes in the distance and you're just like so it's a possibility that there's a lot of these giants walking around still and they just happen to be out of uh eyesight just barely but the fact that this was in the mountainside or like the wall i'm just like "Eh, it's like a like it's like a, a funny little reference a little bit oh was i think
1: he i think he was talking about neptune it was neptune that he saw and he thought he was a giant it
0: peering so out big. of peering out of the wall with a trident maybe i was looking into it <laughs>
1: a little yeah, too much I, I don't really get the wall part either but i think the trident like, for me made me think he was talking about neptune like for sure
0: but i think he saw neptune already at this point because he ran into garp and then he was pointing at the wall because that because he was didn't talking he, to Hamburger. Didn't he see
1: him and then run away? And then isn't he kind of just mumbling to himself? Like, what the hell? That huge giant with the trident?
0: Well, he ran away the first time, right? Because to this point, he was having a racist uh, tantrum going on. and But when he was going on the next lift, he was with Hamburger. And that's when he brought it up. Going, I just saw a huh. giant peering out. The yeah, part I noticed
1: it, that as well. It was kind of weird.
0: Yeah. So, like, obviously the two parts that I was curious Because, again, like, the trident part was what got you to think it was Neptune. But the wall part got me thinking, like, out of the wall? That's that's a little weird. It's a little odd. But regardless, Honestly, that could
1: be something that, you know, is, like, hidden in there.
0: Yeah, an untold mystery of Mary Joa as well. Like, we learned that there are slaves underneath, like, the conveyor belts, like we said. Maybe there are other slaves, much bigger, more giant within the walls. I don't know. <laughs> it sounds like something else I know uh, Yeah,
1: so now it sounds like. Like something else. Yeah, it like sounds like
0: reference. something else. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like something else. Um But what I did like was like the confirmation like during like his little like scared spree. This could also just be like a red herring as well. Because after he does that little freak out, there's a couple of birds that fly by, or crows. Crows. And he goes, Oh my god and then the hamburger's like, Chill out, dude, there's nothing up here. And then the guard reassures Stelle that, "Oh, nothing's gonna go wrong and it's Sabo in disguise. And he's like, oh, man, Sabo's next to his fucking
1: disgusting stepbrother right now. Oh, God. I I wanted the punch. I wanted him to to give it right there.
0: Just, even the, just a pity accidental trip would have been satisfying, right? Because he says he's still in disguise, but it's just like, yeah, oh, I would, sorry I want a
1: fire fist to the face the <laughs> <to laughs> I want the mark of Sabo's fist burnt in between his eyes.
0: So, like, in, in, in a fist indent, that's also, like, uh, scarred from third-degree burns? Yes, <laughs> just permanently. Like,
1: like <laughs> I don't want the scar to ever
0: leave. Yeah, goddamn. Um... So then we finally get to the top, right? We have, like, this glorious introduction to Mary Joa, right? And it's all about prestige. Nobles love aesthetics, love their optics, their prestige. And to the credit, it's great at first. Like, you've got, like, the very wide, epic staircase going to the very top. You have the statues built into the cliff sides. They're, everyone's in awe. And then we finally get to see the castle that the Reverend was going to take place in. And it's kind of dull. <laughs> so... The the forests are awesome. The oh, the travelators is what they call them. The little escalators that we were referring to. Okay, the Travelators. Yeah, that's correct. Um, they have travelators which are cool. Man made forest, that's awesome. Uh they had the wide and long majestic staircase. But the palace itself just looks like an oversized chateau from France. Like it doesn't look like anything like gothic or anything like really like standout ish. Like even Marine as boring as it is, has the size. It has the cannons, right? It has the, the the golden arch We need to stop making that joke uh The arches Like it, it's It's memorable in some way The Mary Castle It just looks so dull Like they call it Pangea Castle Which is the best part about it The cool name But It just looks dull Like it just ugh, It's just so boring I guess I don't know It looks cooler on the inside But on the outside It just looks like a chateau And I'm just Yeah like, it's
1: kind of just got like a Like a pretty standard I guess European castle-ish
0: look. Yeah. Hmm. Like they didn't even um, like what I thought was gonna do was I thought he, oh God, I'm freak. I'm gonna I'm gonna piss off a lot of people in France. Uh, there's a uh the palace that King Louis the fourteenth or sixteenth uh created that I thought maybe would have been a better reference because because I, I like you have all like the man made forest all around like the palace and the castle I thought would have been a much better design for that. Um, that particular palace, and again, I'm fucking up the name right now because I'm brain farting on the name right now, and I should know this.
1: Um, yeah, I don't have any idea. Obviously, <laughs>
0: oh yeah, because I'm thinking like if it's gonna look like a like a like a chateau from France, you might as well model it after the best one, the most popular one. That's like the most popular tourist attraction besides the Eiffel Tower. But I don't know. Maybe that's kind of the point to make you. I
1: don't. I don't dislike the way Panjia Castle looks, but I do feel. I think it, this does maybe even affect us more as Western fans. I'm personally just kind of over the Western, generally Westernized castle look. That's kind of you true know. Too. But I also understand thematically kind of why it works here.
0: But I also, am also I'm also, I'm also, um, you could still make it work. Like I said, like uh, Marine Ford is like a clash between like castles from the West and pagodas from the East. And then you also have um, Game of Thrones. We mentioned that reference earlier, but, like, they had some really good-looking castles in the show. And they're western, but it's, like, it's all about the aesthetic, too. It's to making it cooler cooler. That's and I true. guess the,
1: You can still do more with it. Yeah.
0: So, I guess the point is, everything around the castle is the cool part. Like, I love the trees. I love the layered uh, yeah, celestial dragon out. areas outside. And the Travelator is cool in this, until you know about, you know, the dark secret underneath it, unfortunately. But the castle itself is, like, Eh, it looks kind of dull from the outside, again, until you get into the inside, and we'll get we'll get there momentarily. But for now, we got wonderful fan service. We have all the friends are here, right? We immediately uh, they turn the page. And a lot right?
1: of the not friends are here as well. Exactly.
0: So it starts off, we get Vivian Carew, awesome. They meet Leo and uh, Rebecca, right? You got a little moment there, and then right away they're. Not very good at hiding the fact that they know and respect Luffy. And immediately they're trying to whisper, but they're unsure how to do it. And then Shirahoshi, being the antisocial one she is, just goes, Did I hear someone talk about motherfucking Luffy? And then <laughs> just barges in like the Kool-Aid man. And then the brothers are trying to catch up to her, going, You can't just say that! You can't just do that! But then Sai drops in. And then uh, Dalton and Kira drop in. And then it it, it becomes a point where it's like, join the club, we got jackets, right? All the people here are fans. And then Wapple drops in. And you're like, oh, fuck, he's still here, right? With the uh, very uncreative, uh, dark Drum Island kingdom. Because he's just, you know, he's just given up on creativity. Um, (laughs) With, with, uh, I do love his wife. Kinderella or Kinderella and all sh- all she can say is dig dig dig. <laughs> <laughs> She's a motherfucking gold digger. Oh gosh! And the way that I read it too, because she says dig dig dig, I kept I had flashbacks to like this is just a personal thing, but flashbacks to like the old uh Pokemon dub where you you see Diglett for the first time and they go dig 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 dig. dig, dig. <laughs> So I, I just imagine Kendra all of a sudden, like, old Dub Diglett <laughs> to, <laughs> to, to old Wapple and I'm just like, oh, whatever. But it was great seeing all these characters again, like, um, just interacting, even if it's just real brief, right? But it was just nice to see them all again. Uh, Kira, especially, she's just her, herself. Dalton is definitely a leader. He's risen up now. He's confident. Well, he's still, one of he's the still more up to Wapple.
1: interesting appearances for me is Rob Lucci's reappearance.
0: Right, that was yeah, that's a little later, but yeah, definitely. So Luchi shows up, and this was a horrible standoff that happened because when Shirahoshi dropped by, you see, uh, our good old celestial dragon Carlos, Carlos, I think, L- looking still, still on his mermaid kink drive, still on that, and he's like, "Oh, I found the the gold mine," and literally gets. Uh, her almost captured and starts this international incident, or almost does, because obviously you have all like, the, like I said, the, the Luffy fan club trying to protect Shirahoshi, but then everyone else all saying stop. They're Celestial Dragons. If you touch him, you, they will Buster Call your entire kingdom to hell and back. And then you have luchi right? Like you mentioned, coming in looking. I hate to admit it, but he looks so. Fucking awesome
1: with his white tux. <laughs> and it, really, it really suits him. Can't deny it.
0: Uh, it really suits him. Yeah,
1: you're, you're looking quite snazzy, Mister Lucci. He's
0: got a new team too. Like I don't know what his uh, the guys behind him are they're not it's not them and the old guys anymore. Oh wait, Kaku but... is
1: with them, right? I have...
0: Is he? I actually I, I didn't see. I thought they're all new characters. Like I saw like a couple characters, and I'm just like, oh, they're not new people. So I didn't really pay attention that much in the background. Um... Maybe is. I'm,
1: I, maybe I'm losing my mind.
0: I don't know. But I know Spandam is a part of it, but he wasn't a part of that group because, you know, he's not strong. He can't be intimidating at all. Um, but there was that moment. Oh, right. we mentioned Luchi. We forgot to mention the one who looked the best. Hattori, the little bird. Well.
1: <laughs> the,
0: the pigeon has his own jacket, tie, and top hat. And I'm just like, I know what's going on right now is really horrific. But have you seen the bird? It is yeah. so cute. <laughs> it is Can't so snazzy. <laughs> so snazzy. So awesome. Um, And Lucci just being disgusting. He's just the same old dog that he was. Where he's like, celestial dragons are gods. They can do whatever the hell they want. And it's like, well, it's easy for you to say, considering you're in this position of power right now. Would you still say that if you're the, op- the op- roles reverse a little bit? But regardless, right? And then even King Neptune is like, going like, no, I'm going to fight. I need to rescue my daughter. He's apologizing to his wife in his head mentally for Quick ruining. Quick intervention. Kaku is with Luchi. With with what? Luchi? Kaku is in CP0 with Luchi. Oh, wait. Who's Kaku again? Oh, that's the that's the draft guy, right? draft guy, yeah. Oh, okay. That's good. Because I was going to say he was my favorite one <laughs> of the CP9. Yeah, he's there. So, oh, that that poor dude. Who's convinced he likes the giraffe power? Maybe
1: he's maybe he likes it now at this point. <laughs> I don't think he does, man. I think he's just like so really trying to convince himself and everyone. And do you think? I love after, that. Do you think after the time skip, he's he's
0: just fully admitted that he doesn't like it at this point, and he's just like, ah. I would <laughs>
1: love it if he did. <laughs> just like, ah, fuck it, dude. I just got to I hate this power though. <laughs> but you know, I would what? love if he flips it around. Like I'm going to beat you with this laughable ass power. Yeah. Gonna be oh, like, like turn
0: the tables. Yeah. Okay, he could do that. Um, but yeah, sorry for that little intermission, but yeah, that is a good point. A good point. Um, King Neptune, in, King Neptune, and the fishmen people are saved basically by a club to the face by Carlos, almost a one to one uh redraw of Carlos being knocked outside the face, but instead of a fist, it's a club. And you're like, oh, who the hell struck first, right? Because everyone was just saying how celestial dragons are the law, they ignore. The rules of engagement, the rules of law, politics, and we see another Celestial Dragon, and it's a flash from the past, and it looks like...
1: This man, who is now our boy, with the biggest personality glow-up in the entire Mm. series.
0: Don Quixote Miosgard.
1: Did I say it right? Yeah. Quixote? Uh, That's that's what I would have said it, yeah.
0: Yeah, (laughs) I'm trying to get away from Don Quixote. Quixote, it's it just it's it's, it's like it's like Spanish, um, and Odohime's politics just paying off twenty years later, right, or sixteen years later, so or was it ten years? I f- I forget how long it was, but the politics think- paid off, right? So there was something that we don't we don't know exactly what Odohime did, right? We just know that she got the confirmation that they're welcome to the next reverie, and that now. Miosgaard was actually converted. Like, he actually saw the errors of his ways. He... He still looks disgusting, right? But you can't really help that. You got... I mean, you got you he's still ugly. Yeah. It, it, inbred genetics, like, I'm sorry. It's just... But it's fine. You know what? It's what your... You, actions speak louder than your hairline. Okay? So, it's good Thanks. that he did what he did. Because what he did... Because even Lucci couldn't do anything... Because it's literally a celestial dragon... Dealing Luchi with Luchi didn't want to dragon. do
1: anything. Luchi was it, like, nah. Exactly. I, yeah,
0: exactly. Like, I, I'm not getting involved in this. I just said celestial dragons are above everything. I'm not going to stop the celestial dragon stopping the celestial dragon. I'm out. <laughs> and um, we get that moment where, yeah, Mioscar pledges his allegiance to basically the, the fan club, primarily the, the fish bin, right? Where he goes, if you guys get in trouble, drop my name. I will take the blame. Right? That way you almost have authority of a Celestial Dragon here. So, that was fucking awesome. Massive props to Miosguard, uh, for helping them out. And I'm going to put the biggest moment for later because we you know we're kind of jumping around here, but I'll put the biggest moments for lit- for last. I think that's appropriate. Um, Because one of the moments happened just before this. At the end of this particular chapter, we have a moment where Shanks somehow is at the <laughs> is at the uh the, at the castle, and he's just there. And the five elders were just like, "Well, we made time for you, so spit it out." And I'm just like,
1: "Okay, l- let's take a pause real quick before we uh huh yeah okay this is, okay. A, this is a, an emperor who just <laughs> an emperor for some reason has rolled not just up into Maryjoy, but directly into the into a room with the, with five, the five elders, elders. completely Their room. uncontested. Just yes, and some sub- guys. Yeah,
0: and they're, and they're the ones even going we're, we made time for you, so like, like assistants, please leave. We're gonna talk to this figure now, but we all know it's Shanks. And we're just like, what the hell's going on? And then the five of those go, spit it out, what do you want? And then he goes, I need to talk to you about a certain pirate. And that's it. And that's all we hear about that. And I'm just thinking, Bruh. oh, that, oh, that can't what that, who that pirate is, it can't be Luffy. I don't think he is. I don't think it's about it. Maybe Blackbeard, maybe it's Kaido I don't know
1: It's I've heard heard, uh, Every theory for every different Character
0: at this point At at this point, I think it's just so vague That, I just don't Think it's Luffy, because again, I think Shanks is kind of on The side of Luffy, not like He's not like literally giving him a helping Hand, right, but I don't think That he's gonna be like, yo Government, you should take down this pirate Because it's also like well, Luffy was literally just in the newspaper, so I don't think the five elders need to be warned about a certain pirate, right? It's, I, think, I think Luffy is fresh on their minds. If anything, it might be someone like Blackbeard, who like, who's been on the he's been like maybe fighting for two years, where, you know, like maybe they're looking away, but like, hey, keep an eye on this guy, he's going to make a big move. Or it's the, that new warlord, the one that says he's like the Whitebeard's son, could be him, because he's proven that he is a force to be reckoned with. But, you know, who knows how deadly he is. Again, it's so up for debate. Who the fuck knows? Um let's see. Uh reveal Oh, so yeah, so what I mentioned earlier about King Cobra being like a possible highlight is Fujitora brought it up as well, where yeah, King Cobra has a request. He wants to talk to the five elders. Um it probably goes back to all the way back to Alabasta where the government got the credit for dealing with Crocodile and not the Straw Hats. But I don't know if Cobra is going to go open with that. But maybe it has to do with the Poneglyph. Maybe it has to do with something else. After all, he is a, I guess, a former Celestial Dragon or his bloodline was. So I don't know what, exactly what that favor he's asking for. They're actually a little unclear on that. Um, let's see. We brought, we brought up Bartham. Yeah, we mentioned uh, Kuma. We mentioned the Revolutionary Army. Right, so, oh, so one of the things I wanted to bring up was, so, shoot, hang on, I'm jumping around a little bit. Okay, so, we have a lot of tidbits of the past, right? There's mo- there's a little, there's a little word building that also might be foreshadowing that, hey, Garp, how did you become a famous war hero? And they bring, they mentioned the name Rocks, R-O-X. right. And, the potential for them could be coming back, whatever they are, whoever, whoever the group may be. I don't know. And they're worried, but they're also like, let's focus on Kaido and Big Mom right now. But the reason why they brought it up was because those two forming their Deadly Alliance was the reason why um, the third person ad- uh, captain, the one that she, she doesn't prefer to herself in first person. She brought it up. Hina.
1: Hina. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Hina, Yeah. And then Hina's worried about rocks because it could, or like you know, Hina's worried about this alliance because it reminds her of rocks or something. And then Garp has like this like nervous smile, or like not nervous, but more like he's like probably like reminiscing of like his time of when he fought or dealt with rocks, and he is smiling because he's probably like, "I'm gonna have to do that again, aren't I?" Ooh, the glory days kind of thing. Because Grub's not the type of person to me that would have fear. He'd be, like, he'd be the type of person to be like a, like a glory hound, right? Someone who's uh-huh. like, I get to do it again pretty soon? Oh, I hope not at loud. But internally, oh, I really hope so. <laughs> I really hope so. So we got that name. We got rocks. Um, we also learned, I don't know how important this is, but we learned that the reason why the Navy and the world government are not going to be at Wano is because apparently the samurai are there. Or still there, I should say, because uh, Bor uh, was like, should I go and deal with it? Because you know we have the two emperors going there. We know the straw hats are going there. It's gonna cause a big ruckus. But I kind was like, don't go there. They're samurai there. And I'm thinking, so are they like a, a a separate third faction of Wano? Are they loyal to Momo? Are they loyal to Kaido? But only because of a certain weird guideline? Again, it's a little weird, but apparently the samurai are either enough of a threat or an influence to keep the government out. So... Keep, I think we'll it's,
1: keep. yeah, like a potentially large, I think, or large, and they don't know how powerful of the unknown fighting force, right?
0: But, yeah, to the point where he's not even gonna send Borsellino like, one of the fucking three admirals. Like, no, don't go there. So it's like, okay. So if he doesn't want to send it there, maybe he would want to send, it, like, a full force, but they're implying that they're not gonna go there in, in full at all. Um, So I was shit-talking Pangea Castle for being ugly On the outside And I still stand by that Everything around the castle is great But the castle itself looked very bland However, I will say the throne room Is fucking awesome
1: <laughs> <laughs> It is
0: It's one of my favorite thrones In fiction uh, The top one is still the, uh, the concept art for the Iron Throne In Game of Thrones Not the one that we got on the show, that one's still fine but the concept art, where it's actually, like, as tall as the throne we see here in One Piece, but it's all swords. And I'm just like, all right, that's metal as shit. This, however, is almost cosmic. It's almost, like, again, grand. You have you know, all the symbolism, right? You have Very all the grandiose swords. Grandiose
1: is what it is. Very prestigious. grandiose, Appropriately exactly. grandiose, yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: So, the first layer, right? You have all the swords from the other kingdoms around the world. I think the one, the 170. Legendary allegiance, so they have, all have a sword each face down. And then the next tier, which is... Sorry. So the bottom tier is where uh, Steli was at, because of course he wants... He's looking at the throne going, I want to sit there, yada yada. Um, even though it's called the Empty Throne. It's supposed to be I, It's supposed to be a symbolic gesture of not one... Not even one Celestial Dragon rules over the world. It's a group, right? It's a group effort. It's, again, it's all optics, right? It's right. what they love. It's what authoritarians
1: literally, love. Literally, as we learn here.
0: hmm <laughs> Yes, literally, in this case. Um, you have the first floor, which is nothing, right? That's where you to stand. The second deck has 170. And then the third deck, which has a throne, at the bottom, you have the 20, which are supposed to be from the Celestial Dragons. And then the throne itself... I was looking at this throne far longer than I should. Unfortunately, I saw the anime version, so I saw saw it colored. It's not as cool when it's red and yellow, because in the manga, I thought it was black and white. Like, I thought space. I thought cosmos, right? Uh Where it's literally, like, a black throne, and the white dots are, like, the stars above. And then I was thinking, what do those stars represent? So originally, I was thinking, okay, if it's twenty dots, maybe it's for each of the celestial dragons. There's more than twenty. I I got like thirty three dots. So I don't know what that's representing. I still think it could be like islands along the end of the Grand Line, but that wouldn't make sense because at the same time, celestial dragons aren't really about the Grand Line. They're more about what they control. But it could be who knows. But I think more about the stars, right? It could be something because I'm. Thinking back again to the whole Enaru short story, where he literally fought on the moon and there are people there, so I'm like, space travel is possible for some people. So I don't know what the stars <laughs> represent. I, my brain was going places, dude. I don't know. <laughs> possible islands, star systems. I don't know, but there's so much going on. Um, and I um like, real quick, the final little thing. Right, the reverie finally begins where. Everyone's gathered together. They're finally talk about their meetings. And then the final, the, there's three major bits, I want to say, right? The three biggest parts of this whole arc. The first of the three is the five elders walking, talking about Cobra, right? Talking about, oh, that guy is a traitor. He left us. He's not here in Marijoa, And the great equilibrium is kind of being challenged ever since we had the war two years ago. It's time for a great cleansing. Yeah, and uh, you don't you don't have to be a historian to know when (laughs) when nobles or authoritarian leaders talk about great cleansings it's not they're not talking about getting the bleach and cleaning okay they're talking about wiping out people but who is the question right who indeed we have an idea but before we get there um Let's go back a couple like two chapters ago, I think, or one chapter ago, where we got to see Dolphamingo back at Impel Down. He was again reminding us that he knows about this sacred treasure. And oh, I hear footsteps. Someone is finally here to kill me because of the dirty little secret I know. Oh no, what a shame. Almost like Dolphamingo is like has a trap ready for them, like he's gonna bust out pretty soon. But it reminds us, because literally the next panel, we get some of the most intriguing silent panels. Of this incredibly creepy, lean, shadowy figure going, k-tuck, k-tuck, just walking. This, all you hear is just the footsteps, right? The sound effects. He opens this giant vault. It's a giant freezer. ice, Icy, you see icicles in the ceiling. And then when he's walking, he's carrying like these wanted posters. Obviously, Luffy's on the front. You see like all these altars right before. One of them is lit up. Only that one, though. And we see... <laughs> A big mind fuck that is a giant straw hat. <laughs> the biggest mind
1: fuck in the series, I think. Okay, right.
0: that's, that's I think that's fair to say. Because yeah. because before you can wrap your head around who this figure even is, you're looking at the straw hat and you're going, what does that mean? <laughs>
1: it's it's crazy.
0: It's, it's almost yeah. it's almost like it's mystical. At the same time. Because why would this figure that we later learn is kind of a big deal. Walks to the straw hat with a bunch of wanted posters. Like he's going to ask it something. Almost. I don't know. I don't think he would just randomly check the vault and be like. Oh is the straw hat still here? Alright cool. I'm going to leave now. It's almost like. It's almost mystical in that sense. But. On the literal level. Why is it so large? Did it belong to a giant? Was the original Will of D a giant? Back of the Void? I don't fucking know. <laughs> um, but why would this... And also, in one of our pre-talks, I was 100% convinced this was a secret treasure. You're said, you said you're not completely sold, right?
1: Not completely, yeah. I, I just think it's almost too convenient that as soon as we learn that there's some sacred treasure, we get shown this straw hat.
0: This giant-ass straw hat. Almost
1: as if we're expected to believe that this is a sacred treasure. Which which it could be. I'm not saying it's definitely not. not
0: But you're saying it it could be a distraction from what actually could be. And this is something else entirely. Because that's why I also brought up, like, when he was walking into that vault, there are all these different altars. Right? They're all dark, right? They're all darkened. But the one that's lit up was the one he's walking to, and that had the straw hat. So, our theories could still stand where... Maybe there's something else, right? Maybe one of the ancient weapons is there, or like a blueprint schematic, or or again the the lineages of all the celestial dragons. Yeah,
1: but like the most interesting part is, I think he's had a, the posters, but right that he's carrying.
0: Yeah, and that's why I thought it was a mystical property. Because why would he carry them with him and not just leave them in the garden later on? Because mm, yeah. why is he why is he carrying them with him? And he cut, he cut up
1: cu- all of them except for VVs,
0: right? Uh. Uh, oh, hang on, real quick. Because of the fact that we also have another straw hat in play, like literally a legendary mystical one, almost could this throw a wrench into that prophecy that Madam Charlie made in Fishman Island? I still think Luffy will be indirectly responsible for the downfall of Fishman Island according to that prophecy. But because there's this straw hat in play, yeah, that's maybe a good it's point. maybe it directly is referring to. This thing, because we also just were told we need another great cleansing, and I don't think it's the Fishman Island, but maybe they could get involved somehow. Um, God, I'm, I'm joking around a little bit because there's so much information to process. Sorry.
1: Uh, well, <laughs> um, the- yeah, I get what you're saying. The prophecy did say uh, someone wearing a straw hat, which is not necessarily Luffy, although it is presumed to be.
0: Yeah, but what I was trying to jump to is back to the Garden. Right, this is immediately after we see the Five Elders going. We need a great cleansing. And the next time we see this incredibly creepy, uh, even, like, eldritch, lanky, like, slender man figure with, like, almost like cardinal robes, but, like, with a giant, like, pu- like a giant crown almost. But to the point where it's like, that doesn't look natural. It doesn't look, it doesn't look normal. And it's what we brought up what you wanted to say. In the garden, he looks very peaceful, almost like he's just nature, right? Like an actual god. But we see in the garden, we see two posters slashed up: Luffy and Blackbeard, two pirates, two emperors. Now that are, so I want to bring, I want to mention this. So Luffy and Blackbeard are completely cut up right. And like and Shirahoshi are completely cut up multiple times. Shirahoshi was stabbed, impaled
1: one uh, time. They're all. I think the, the implications that they need to die is <laughs> what. I'm, that's what I'm feeling.
0: I'm thinking a bit more into it, because, again, I love, like, I love like silent panels like this, because I get to go, okay, what does everything mean? So, Luffy and Blackbeard, right, they're pirates, so they're also Will of D, they need to die. Fuck them, right? Slash, 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 slash. Shirahoshi is not a Will of D. I don't know, because the only people that know that Shirahoshi is Poseidon, Robin, Neptune, and Caribou. I thought with Caribou's little pre-story, right, the pre-chapter stories that he had back before he became uh, (laughs) Che Guevara, um, or the replacement, he overheard the secret, but he was captured by the Navy but never spilled the beans that we know of. How does this guy know Shirahoshi's threat to the point where it's a push There are other
1: people that could potentially know, like Ray Lee, for example, right, could know. Could Uh, know. People, I mean, there are people that might know.
0: No, okay. I just, I just have a stupid theory. It's not true. Like, is this thing, is this thing connected to Joy Boy? Because Joy Boy in the prophecy, right, in that old story, Joy Boy will connect with Poseidon, right, or the the princess, and then they'll lead the people out. But then again, it's like, no, this guy's just a world government god in some way. I don't think he's Joy Boy in some way. But either way, because so you brought up like, how could he know, right? If that's yeah. why she's a threat, it could also. I don't know because why else would she be a threat compared to like all the compared to Luffy and Blackbeard, two emperors of the sea? Why is this 16 year old naive well, I, princess a threat?
1: Honestly, you're talking about the the least interesting thing here. Exactly. We know that she's the threat, <laughs> so let's just assume that he, I'm, I'm this figure, I'm, or I'm I don't really know how it's pronounced. uh,
0: in my version, it was Emu. I am you, okay. yeah. So I'm gonna Which,
1: say, Eam. I'm gonna say Eam.
0: great. Eam. I kind of I like that better because emu I get reminded of uh
1: yeah em just seems it sounds right I just I see it spelled I M most of the time so
0: okay okay I was gonna, I was gonna say too I'm like unless you're Australian because Australians lost the Great Emu War and they don't want to be reminded <laughs> that of that
1: trickery it's,
0: yeah so they they see this they go oh no it's the downfall of Australia <laughs> but no in this case oh uh, and there's there's another joke before we get to like a big th- bit too when I saw the name emu in my version i thought oh my god this is a possible like can of worms for like a kojima level of reveal that's so on the nose it hurts from cringe which is oh but like like let's say like emu and luffy are having a confrontation like 2000 chapters later and it turns out maybe emu is like a relative or some shit and he goes but you see luffy i am you and oh I just go, oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. like I said, Kojima level cringe. Sorry. right? right. <laughs> but what I was, was
1: going to get at before we got, I got tangented by his name. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> his, him or her actually don't know guy or girl, but what's most interesting in this whole thing to me is why Vivi is included with the other three. Exactly. She's the, she's the least profile on here, right? sure Right? Regardless of how this person knows, there is a reason that she could be a really huge threat. Blackbeard's yeah. a really huge threat. Luffy's potentially a really huge threat. Why the fuck is Vivi's poster in a pile with those three?
0: Yeah. So, according to the five elders, it's because she is just part of the Nephletaris, which are a traitor to the Celestial Dragons. So, but as you bring up, but what's the actual literal but it's not threat? like those
1: are the only people in the world that you want to kill, right? Exactly. So, so there's something connecting these four people, I assume.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so Luffy and Blackbeard, it's very clear, right? The will of D. But Shirahoshi, maybe there's a connection with, again, the Joy Boy prophecy with the will of D. Maybe Joy Boy was a D himself. Maybe one of the original ones. Um. So maybe that's why. And somehow the great Eam, or you say I'm or Eam? I'm, I think Eem. Eam, the great Eam. Um, they know maybe possibly because again my perspective from how this character is introduced they're a god they're an ancient one because the way that they are treated when he's entering they are entering the empty throne with the Vivi poster the five elders are bowing to the great Eam going oh great Eam tell us the name you want wiped from history they sit at the throne with the poster of Vivi and you're going oh shit the Nephletaris but then you see the eye. And I showed you this on Discord. Yeah. The only other time, I think, the only other time we've seen this eye was Zunisha. The other ancient being over a thousand years old that's told to go walk to a place as punishment nonstop. And I'm thinking this could be an a literal thousand-year-old god entity that the even the five elders are worshipping. As if maybe the uh, Celestial Dragons maybe sold their soul to the devil. And this is the devil. Right? That's what I perceive it as. And that's why even they are bowing to him. Going, what do you want to do next? And Eam is just thinking... I'm thinking we need to clear out the Nephletari so that way there's not a single, like, high noble figure that's trying to vow for these people from within. Just in case. But, yeah, to go what you're saying... The immediate threat is, I don't see Vivi or Cobra as immediate threats. I would see Blackbeard or Luffy as bigger threats. I would see She or Hoshi as a bigger threat because if she can if she can master her power then you're fucked. She controls yeah, the, all the seas. What does Vivi have to offer or Cobra? So that's the great mystery with that. The theory that I unfortunately had that we had in our pre-talk that lasts like three minutes that really stood out to me that what could happen as a possibility is... Cobra is killed or uh, chased off with Vivi, right? They, they track down the Straw Hats for assistance, maybe. Maybe even Vivi joins the Straw Hats, finally. However, who's going to rule Alabasta? Oh, it's going to be Steli. Because <laughs> oh, he, he wants to be a Celestial Dragon, and he's going to be like, I volunteer as tribute, and you're going to be like, fuck, dude. <laughs> that
1: makes sense and like in the way that it would piss me off if it happened, and so I can see it happening.
0: Yeah, exactly, because it'd be like, oh, fuck me, dude Um, There is so much to theorize from these Like, not even the first two, three chapters It's like the last three chapters That all the theories are coming into play The great Eam who actually sits on the quote-unquote empty throne I'm almost convinced there are a god with, with the eye they revealed That same Zunisha eye That, like, double-ringed eye or whatever That's, like, the same color um, the fact that Vivi is going to come back as a huge player, whether you know she wants to or not, because they they as I mentioned before, they Oda was hammering in to remind us Vivi is a character, she exists, she's going to be important. Reverie, 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 mm-hmm. and then now we get this last sec, this last pages where the Em is holding her poster, and I'm thinking so either their Great Cleansing is going to be on the nifeltaris or even worse on all of Alabasta. And that would be incredibly tragic, right? Because maybe the people of Alabasta are aware of the Straw Hats helping them. And because Alabasta is itself like a former Celestial Dragon territory, it might have more influence and power in the region to interrupt paradise, quote unquote. So, again, this is why I wanted more to the reverie because I wanted to know more about the the working politics of the One Piece world. I'm thinking, <laughs> how much influence does this family actually have where this entity is choosing to cleanse The Nephletaris, instead of, you know, one or two of the great emperors of the sea. You know, actual resistances to the world government. So, fucking, who knows? (laughs) Who the fuck knows? Oh, man. Uh, What a fun arc.
1: So much information, so many questions. It's a ride, this arc.
0: and the worst part is that we're not going to have any answers right away because we're jumping right away to Wano.
1: And because this is one piece. Because it's one piece, and you, <laughs> it's one piece. <laughs> and you have to wait five years for your answers.
0: Uh, five years if you're lucky. So I think that's a good time to bring up what our format's going to be for the next two episodes, right? And then after that, because I'm getting to the point where this super rookie is almost caught up at this point.
1: Ain't that the truth? What?
0: Yeah. But unfortunately for me, it's not going to be as, like, the past where, like, Dress Rose 100 chapters. All right, you got the excuse for 100 chapters. In this format, I'm going to take it slow, or at least slower. I'm going to do arc one first, right? Because, as I'm told by Justin, and by our uh, by a mutual friend as well, it is in arcs. You and they In parts, yeah. In parts, yeah. They'll have part one end, part two end. Which is, I think, a new thing for One Piece, right? I don't think they've, Oda's ever had part oh, one yeah. end. It's literally like a like a stage play almost. So, well,
1: yeah, it actually is. That's why it's an acts. It's it's actually in reference to a certain type of like Japanese theater.
0: No, because Wano
1: yet. is kind of like, you know, samurai, classic Japan styled island.
0: Oh, I could definitely see that. And so for that reason, I will not be caught up by the time this recording comes out. I'll only be reading arc one. Uh, after that episode, we'll cover arc two, which you say was also will also be likely one episode. But after arc two, uh, we're not going to cover that third arc because that third arc is apparently still going. And I think for the sake of our format, where we cover the entirety of an arc and not just cover as far as it is to that point, we're going to wait for arc three to finish, which is going to be painful for some of you at home. I'll be caught up reading, but I'll be reading week to week by that point. After arc two, I think,
1: should we say what we're going
0: to do after that? Or are we gonna keep it mystery?
1: Yeah. Uh, well, let's we'll save it. Let's okay. Save it until we're we're all the way there.
0: So keep in mind, next two episodes will be arc one, then arc two. After that, uh, it will be a big.
1: Uh, and yeah, I just know you have more One Piece content to look forward to. Lots, in the future.
0: From what I understand, lots more. So we'll get to that. So with that wrapping up that episode. Oh. I think it's been a while. uh, Straw Hat rankings.
1: I think it has been a while. Yeah.
0: So at this point, it feels it took a while. Unfortunately, that is negative to the new world. But finally, at this point, it feels like all the Straw Hats have had their time to shine, in some way or another. Right. Finally. Um, and my list is unfortunately a little similar to what it was in the past. But
1: I had a hunch.
0: Yeah, unfortunately... Uh, sorry, fortunately, I'm adding another name in there because you know that person is a part of the Straw Hats. Don't at me. <laughs> no,
1: you can't. You gotta wait. No! <laughs> no
0: he said he's a part of the Straw Hats. He's just not on the ship right now. I'm... Got you, to can't wait. Do you, gotta wait. you can't do <laughs> this to you me. Gotta wait. I
1: still gotta wait. <laughs> I'm looking
0: at my notes right now. I'm double-clicking their name, and I'm backspacing, and I just want you to know it's because of you, Justin. <laughs> yeah. you, can, you can wait on me. Okay, yeah. okay, okay, okay. Alright, so, I'm going to start from the bottom. So it really hurts, because I love this guy, but someone's got to be at the bottom, and it's got to be Chopper. Um, so, far in the, so far in the new world, he hasn't really been able to do much. The only time I can think of, unfortunately is in Punk Hazard, and that was, you know, incredibly botched in its own way too. Yeah. He did, and of all the people who did, uh, who shone, who, shone, who shined in Whole Cake Island, uh, Carrot outshined uh, Chopper, unfortunately. So, it's not really for him being a bad character, it's because Oda really hasn't really utilized him, at least not yet. Uh-huh. So, there's some no potential for that, but as of right now, Chopper's off the bottom, unfortunately. Um, as of right now, uh, the next high up will be Sanji. Uh, this guy has potential to shoot up like three ranks if what I hope for happens, which again, like we got that temporary possible character build up in its own way where he changes for the better. Um, it didn't happen in whole kick Island, but the setup was there and therefore that was enough for me to go, okay, I definitely can say he's definitely much more likely than chopper, but I still need to see that change for myself. Um, but until then he's, he's a friendly, very kind cook And he's got a really, he had a really sweet backstory I really loved it, like sweet as in like he made his mother food Not sweet as in he was tortured, that was horrible <laughs> That was horrible stuff, that wasn't the sweet part Um Next on the list, after Sanji I would say Zoro, he's a very Classic action guy I prefer more, you know More character, but You can't deny the action, right? It's always fucking sweet Zoro it is Um after Zoro, I'm gonna say Brook. Brook after Hulk Island shot himself up like at least two hey, spots. I like, I
1: like that. <laughs> I yeah, like Hulk. More Brooke coming up.
0: Yeah, I could be the honeymoon phase where you know it's like okay, he just had that last arc, so therefore he shot up. I'm like, honestly, we were just waiting for that because even when he uh, hadn't had this huge moment yet since Thriller Bark, he was never at the bottom of my list. He was always intriguing. Um, then we get to the top five. Um, originally. It was to be different, but it's fine now, Justin. Wow, you're going to give
1: me in top five.
0: I was actually going to put him uh, after Brooke at number six. <laughs> so he was going to be close, but it doesn't count anyway, King Taco. Uh, number five, we got Frankie, right? Very reliable. Also a very action guy like Zoro, but whenever he has his little one-on-ones like at Drez Rosa. It's this spectacle for the eyes where it's just this hilarious, like, manhood fight where it's like, tell me all about your life another time, brother. But for now, I got to suplex you. I love that fight. <laughs> uh, and plus, obviously, Cyborg. Come on. Man, um, Frankie
1: gets, gets better for me in every arc, I think. I like him a little bit more. Is it the hair? I mean, I definitely love the canon hair. Just in general. <laughs> Frankie, he always impressed me. Every time he has another moment, it's better than his last.
0: Yeah, definitely. Uh, however, I will say after Frankie, the top four are almost like in their own region. So if the, the characters I just stated want to get in the top four, that something else is going to happen because these top four for me are almost never changing. Like they'll change within the top four, maybe, but like they're on their own little chasm. Number four is Robin, our archeologist. Still one of the, she came in one of the best arcs of all time. Water seven, still a wonderful character. Also really need her to read those poneglyphs earlier than later. <laughs> Please I need to know what they say. Yeah,
1: she's the MVP, really.
0: Uh yeah, definitely. Uh number three is uh God Soka King Usopp. Um Dress Rosa confirmed him as a top three guy. I mean how can you not put him in top three for me personally? Just Oh, everything about this character is so great. All, flaws and all, but he's so entertaining. Um, can I cheat with two and one? Because they're so close that they're almost interchanging. But because I have it written down that it's Luffy two, Nami 1, but I'll be completely honest. I'll i it depends on the day you ask me, I'll put Luffy one, Nami Two. Because this new world of all the characters, um, Nami feels like she's been sidelined almost as much as Chopper, but luckily Hulk Island showed her out and boosted her back to the top for me. But Luffy has been consistent, no matter what. They've been consistently, he's been consistently a great character, fun character, even in the fights like against uh, Katakuri, where I'm just like, I get it, but I'm not a huge fan. It's still a huge spectacle, and it's great to see Luffy on the edge of his seat, Uh, you know, on the edge of his toes, constantly fighting. It's always entertaining. So, I'm gonna say Nami won Luffy 2, but I just want to let people know it is so fucking close, in terms of like, if Wano happens and Luffy does a big thing again and maybe Nami doesn't do as big of a thing, very likely after Wano, Luffy won Nami too. Right? Or maybe even Usopp two Or Robin 3. I don't know. Again, the top four, they're in their own spectacle right now. But, yeah. It's very similar to my old list, but the biggest change is Brooks uh, shot up. Sanji is no longer at the bottom. And Sanji, like I said, has potential to shoot up. I think Sanji could be as high as the top five, if I get what I want. Maybe even top four. Who knows? I just need to see it, though. Just need to see it. So, I think that'll wrap up an episode, right? I think we covered enough.
1: Yeah, and so if people wanted to tell you how shit they think your straw hat <laughs> is, where could they find you?
0: If you want to tell me how brilliant and perfect my list is and how awesome King Taco is, you can follow me at Twitter at Jacob Miranda, J-A-C-O-B-M-E-R-E-N-D-A, all lowercase, all one word. Uh, I also post my reactions to um, when I'm reading along with the ARC. Um, for, I had a question about, like, when do I actually finish the ARC and then post the images? I likely finish the ARC, like, the night after, uh, the episode, after we record. Or two days after, depending on how long it is. But I post the images to spread out over the week, right? To try and get some, get, try and get some conversation going, get some momentum going. So I do spread out and they are my reactions regardless. So it's, they're not just raw. Cause if I did that as soon as I read, it would take me forever to finish these arcs. Cause yeah. I'd be doing it every fucking page going, what the fuck is this? What the fuck is that? Or instead of like just letting it settle in and then thinking about it a bit more and then conveying my thoughts. Sometimes you get, like, the, the Carlos scene in The Reverie where all I share is just, fuck, 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 fuck. Sometimes you get that. That's, just, that's still a raw, raw reaction.
1: Sometimes that's all you need. Sometimes that's all you
0: need. And other times it'll be, like, the straw hat image. And I'm just like, I have questions. I have theories. <laughs> um, if you have bigger theories that might include some endgame game stuff from Wano,
1: where can I follow you, Justin? You can find me also on Twitter at Jitsu, J-I-T-S-Z-U. That's pretty much it, right, for the week, which would lead us into next week's chapter.
0: And then I'm starting the arc that we are all
1: in. We are. Arc one. Uh- Man, look how far we've come! All the way caught up to the current arc—the same arc <sighs> we were on when we started this podcast.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, that's what I was say too. Where I'm just like, hasn't it been arc three yep. since I've, I started? I've been reading
1: Wano the entire time. Since okay, we've but, been in but it. has
0: arc but has arc three been going since we started? Oh, this has series? it been? In,
1: has it been in Act three the entire time?
0: Yeah, because I know it's the longest yes. one.
1: Yes. Oh, my God. <laughs> I think so. It was. It's pretty close, but, yeah, I think Act 3 had just started, I think, around the time we did. Man, just think
0: about it. In almost about, like, maybe a month from now, I'm going to be at the same boat as you guys, where I'm going to be like, Oda, can I get another chapter, please? Just one more chapter. Just, just one need more. more
1: of that one piece.
0: Y'all got any more of that one piece. <laughs> exactly. Y'all got any got more of that Wano. Because uh, I, I have questions that need to be answered. Poneglyphs, emu, oh, sorry, I'm the great em, I'm that thing, that god, I need to know more. But yeah, arc one, next time.
1: And, and it's going to be uh, chapters 909 to 924 in Wano for act one. Can't wait to discuss it with you. Mm-hmm. See you then. Bye bye. <laughs>